you can't have a marketing expert that you follow. You have to have an email marketing expert you follow. We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Today's sponsor is Eva, the most intelligent Amazon scaling toolkit online. Amazon sellers need exact, quick-to-read profit reports. Many sellers already pay a lot of money for these. Eva has world-class finance analytics with crystal-clear graphs included at no extra cost. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers, averaging a 51% increase in profits. To get a 15-day free trial, just go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Hey folks, welcome back to the e-commerce leader. We are talking today, we're trying to answer the question of how to drive external traffic to an Amazon listing. In the last episode, we talked about really whether you should be doing it at all. And this time we're talking a little bit more about use cases for that and a little bit of reality check as well as some real wins as well. This is a strategy level thing. It's really asking the question, should I do it in the broad picture stuff? This isn't going to give you the latest TikTok or Facebook ads or whatever. TikTok seems to be all the rage right now with Amazon sellers. If you want that, you're probably better heading over to the 10K Collective uh, podcast, which you can find in any podcast app near you, where I tend to interview Amazon experts on things like that. But I hope today will give you a nice overview of the topic and some views from outside of the Amazon bubble as well from Jason. So enjoy the show. So that's a use case where I think external traffic used wisely is okay. I would say it's going to be hard to just go directly from external traffic to Amazon. I know people who do it. I think TikTok ads sound like they are the, the most affordable at the moment. You may, to your point, need to pixel people and then retarget them to actually get the most out of that initial ad spend. But of course, it does mean more ad spend for retouch is traditionally more effective. You're starting to do something which is so complicated that I would say you're starting to build towards really third use case, which I'll talk about in a second. Let me just use the second use case to keep things simple, which is boosting or re-ranking a product for certain keywords. So you were clearly doing that with your, your charity book, right? You were wanting to get the BSR up. And then I would say the difficulty with that is one thing you flagged up, which is that if it's, if the rank is where it's going to sit, Unless there's a particular reason, like for PR reasons or marketing that you can take a screenshot and we'll say we're number one or something, which is social proof. Unless there's that reason, it's often going to be a bit fruitless to send paid traffic. Now you went to an email list, which you've already paid to acquire. That was a reasonably efficient and justifiable thing to do. So I think it depends on why you're doing it. And also, do you think you're going to boost something that's going to keep the boosted rank, in which case mm -hmm. it will pay itself back? Or is it just going to be a temporary boost, in which case you better make sure your leads are, in this case, free with emails or very mm -hmm. cost effective? Yeah, it's a great question. Will it keep the boost? Mm. That's a succinct way of saying it. If it won't keep the boost, you've got a problem with your description or your product photography, titling, bullet points. Like, why won't it keep the boost? And in books, it's a little bit more nuanced because you're competing against very different products. 
But in some of these categories, you're like, it's like almost identical products you're competing against and optimizing for your on product page details is vital. The other thing is sometimes, and this is a more sort of general point, but it's really important when it emerges after a lot of complex discussion sometimes, which is sometimes the market has spoken and rather than try and make your listing incredible, if it's reasonably well optimized and you've done your SEO, yeah. your keyword research, and you've done Amazon ads and you've got rid of the negative keywords that, that don't convert then maybe that product has found its place in the marketplace and you're better off putting the time and energy and money into mm. developing a new product line. And that's often the case, frankly, which is one of the non-use cases, if you like an anti-use case for external traffic. My product is selling, whatever, 300 a month, and I was hoping it would get to 1,000 a month. And maybe that's not a bad result, in which case, yeah. accept that and move on. So sometimes that's, frankly, the, the, what it comes down to after a long, complex discussion. And um, that's the advice for every author who's tried to promote every book Really? Okay. At, at some point, it's, am I going to make this book a New York Times number one bestseller? There's a window of opportunity for that. And obviously, if you read into the work of people who really are focused on the selling of their books and the marketing of their books, they say, stick with it, lean into it harder. But many authors are like, this didn't work as good as I had hoped, but I've got another idea. Here comes my next book. I see myself in that. I fall into that. Camp. It depends whether it's your magnum opus, right? And, mm -hmm. and yeah. books, as you say, books are a rather different type of product, but you have sleeper hits with books and films mm -hmm. and more cultural artifacts than with physical products. I've not really come across it. It is possible that you get that, mm -hmm. but most people wouldn't do that because the economics of it can be pretty horrible because you're hanging mm -hmm. on to a lot of cash tied up in stock, right? I guess your book yeah. development costs are very upfront weighted costs. So once you built it, you know, there's less, less cost in keeping it in stock. Let me just yeah. dig into that for one second. And I know it's a little bit of a product nerd out moment here in this conversation about Amazon traffic strategies, but I will just say this, that the question about the product in its niche and in its competitive rank and collection is a whole universe of discussion that will influence whether your traffic strategies work or not. And if you're not the leader, you need to position yourself against the leader with the opposites. There are tried and true branding positioning strategies for products. So you've got to do something different if you're not the leader. You also have to re realize where the product is in its own development life cycle. I read an article recently about a guy who's making a killing online. And you know what he sells? Three and a half inch floppy disk drives. Because he's the only guy on the planet that still has three and a half inch floppy disk drives. And as it happens, there's still some use case somehow for those. That's an example. It's absurd, but it's a nearly obsolete product. It's not actually obsolete. And that's very different than a brand spanking new product that everybody wants anything that's out there. And I think that's an important consideration when you talk about traffic. If you're in COVID-19 lockdown and you're trying to sell dumbbells, and every single one on the planet is sold out because everyone wanted workout equipment, uh, then any traffic you send will work in any to any product that you have listed. And I think that's an important consideration. So sorry to go on a rabbit trail. Oh, I think you're absolutely, I don't think it's a rabbit trail. I think you're absolutely right. This is, this uh, whole external traffic discussion is really a subset of overall strategy. And I guess to put it in really <laughs> simple terms, if you're trying to sell a really generic product that's the same as everything else that's the problem or else you do demand it isn't changing that it's, it's not going to really change that yeah there's a certain demand for yeah. generic type products if you can create a very beautiful one or very differentiated or very retro or very hipster interesting point about mm -hmm. things that come back around three and a half floppy floppy discs is extreme hadn't heard of that but i've certainly <laughs> i know some, had some clients in the vinyl market so vinyl related yeah. products vinyl records mm -hmm. that have done it very well much better yeah. 
than their other product lines because things come back around. So the product lifestyle isn't always, it gets adopted, early adopters, late adopters, mm -hmm. late, big majority, late majority, and then laggards, and then it's over. Sometimes it comes back around for a second time. Good point. Um, yep. But yes, you're absolutely right about that. So the most positive scenario that I can paint for external traffic, and this is really comes more into your world, really, um, Jason, with a more holistic view of, of traffic and buildings, business that one tends to get with your own, uh, the store that you control yourself. So Shopify based mm -hmm. or WooCommerce or whatever, is this really a great use for external traffic, even for an Amazon seller, if building an audience such that you can later upsell them, downsell them and cross sell them. So you can increase mm -hmm. average order value and do repeat purchase which is when you can start to balance the equation that you kind of referenced it indirectly earlier, which is like, if you've got a really profitable product or a great order value, even if the percentage is modest, but if you have like $500 order value, you can afford to spend an awful lot of money on advertising or indeed any other form of traffic if you're paying somebody to write blog articles, for example. And if you capture traffic into an email list, as you said, we're totally in agreement on that. The email list is the number one, the oldest, the best. I think form of asset to have in the marketing game, then you have an opportunity on, even if you sell your products on Amazon to do what other people can do on their direct to consumer mm -hmm. own site yeah. is upsell, cross sell, downsell to increase average order values. And then the pre purchase, if you have a big catalog of products, of course, that's the main mm -hmm. caveat there is that a lot of Amazon sellers try and do the external traffic play when they can only play with the external traffic cost, whatever that mm -hmm. may be but they have so little of a catalog that they can only sell them two things, which means the average order value that's possible or the life to customer value is tiny. That's an equation mm -hmm. that's hard to solve. Once you've got a catalog, then yeah. it becomes much more of a solvable equation in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. And your catalog should include something that's free, which is the ethical bribe that you can use to build your list and acquire your audience. I just, so just to camp on the whole email marketing thing for a moment, I think it can never be understated how big a deal emails were as the internet's original, uh, what you call tool. It was like a nuclear explosion on this planet. Think of it like that, like the energy generated from the launch of this idea of e people having email addresses. It's such a super powerful explosion that the energy coming off of that sucker is still alive vibrantly today. And it's not declining very quickly. That's the thing about it. Okay. Think about this. Hey, NFTs were such an awesome thing. Those things were over a week and a half. Like that was literally like a firecracker of like energy, but email as a tool is just not declining. And yes, text and SMS marketing is its own huge explosion of energy, but email marketing is still so incredibly powerful. I just can't understate, overstate it. If you don't have an email list right now and you're an operator, of any sell selling system at all online, your highest and best activities would be to get yourself an email list. And I just, so to me, I'm sorry to go like nerd out over this, be on a soapbox and sermonize it, but it's just, you, j you just have to prioritize that effort in any and every way you can, in my view. Social media, TikTok, Instagram. Look, I wrote the book on Instagram. It's translated in languages around the world, Korean and Farsi. And it's the number one book on on Instagram, on Amazon right now, still after multiple printings. And I'm telling you, I would not spend one minute on Instagram if I didn't have an email list. It's just got to prioritize email. And I know it's not sexy anymore and all that, but man, it's so powerful. 
It's just so powerful. There you go. Sorry, I camped on it too hard, I'm sure. but No, I don't think so. I'm absolutely with you. I was going to say that the next thing that I was going to come to is implementation of external traffic, assuming that you've Mm -hmm. found that there's a use case for it. Just a quick reminder that Mm -hmm. I think for me that I've seen the the sensible use case is to boost a launch. That is, you're trying to get market share, so you're not so worried about profit. It's just you've got to afford the loss. Boosting or re-ranking a product, however, Mm -hmm. to the point we made, if the problem is lack of visibility, then this will help. If it's got visibility and people don't want to buy it beyond a certain d- degree, then it won't help simply, as you said. And then the mm-hmm. third one, I think the best thing is, is building an audience. So I would say there's two kind of starting points for me, which could be the best value in the long term or the simplest and the most immediate money hit. And I know my Amazon sellers, I know which one they're going to plump for. So the first thing I'd say with somebody probably going to actually use it to get an immediate result, because I know Amazon sellers are addicted to that. So we put money into an advertising thing now and we get sales next week. Use it for an ex- using external traffic to boost a launch. Caveat, as you said, absolutely rightly, I think then, Jason, that you've maximized the Amazon system. And most people haven't. So for most people, they should focus on the Amazon system. But if you have maximized that, that's a good place to use external traffic. And maybe it's aggressive paid stuff like Google ads, maybe even TikTok ads. I'm not the expert in that. I probably should interview some people on the podcast for that. But I have to say that I'm with you. The longest, the highest long-term value is probably number one email list building. And I would say the second highest value, which you can't compare apples to apples here because it's a top of the funnel play, is Google SEO. So getting Google SEO working, you work yeah. once and over time it produces a big flow of traffic across the lifetime of that ranking of that article. It can be years sometimes. Yeah. And then convert those visitors into email. That, in my opinion, is the kind of gold standard. And that's yeah. really where there's the oldest tools in the book, Google SEO and email. And I still am a believer in those as the, the best value, even if you just sell on Amazon and don't have your mm-hmm. direct consumer site. Here's just the, my two cents on the battle for primacy, email versus SEO. Email wins, in my view, for my way of thinking, because it's simpler to set up and get. You, with one amazing free ebook or whatever it might be, you know, what, whatever your freebie is. You can build a list even without a website. You can do this just through social media organically and, and, and a MailChimp will give you a free email system for up to 2000 names for totally free. You don't even need a website to do it. To do SEO work at scale, you really got to have expertise on long form blogging and the website itself and the H1 tags and the whole set of things that are like the precursors to success with uh, Google organic ranked articles and website pages. So to me, that it's hands down easier for just get, getting yourself a list. Process steps are just so much easier. So that's why I think email is better. But I totally agree with you. If you install a few web pages as the number one or in the top couple search results on Google organically, that is an incredibly powerful source of traffic as well and very well worth doing once you're into the whole traffic getting game. Absolutely. Yes. To your point about email, I I probably overcomplicated this over the decades myself. I guess it comes down to, again, the conversion rate optimization. In this case, we'd be trying to convert to rate optimize for the number of people who land on a web page somewhere and the percentage Mm -hmm. of people that give you their email address. And yeah, you're absolutely right that if you focus on an amazing offer, then, you know, whatever traffic you can generate in whatever form. Uh, like social media mm-hmm. is probably simplest, you're right, then it is going to convert. So that absolutely is true. And you're right, Google SEO is hard. I've been fighting battles over getting better on this. I'm not good at Google SEO yet, but I'm less rubbish than I was, I have to say. If you're going to do that, I'm, this brings you really to the next thing, which is 
if you're doing stuff that's new, get help. Don't be cheapskate about getting mm-hmm. consultants in because even if you pay, if you only cover your consultants fees, the first time you do a launch like this, the first time is a trial is a learning curve anyway. I yeah. think that's a good win because then next time you'll know what you're doing. If you're looking at external traffic to Amazon, particularly focus on SEO, which as you say, is complex. My friend Ashley Pierce, who's been a client for several years and the mastermind now also running an external traffic agency at over at, I'll remember it in a second, what the name of it is, Future yeah. State Media. They're really good people to check out. They may or may not be the right thing for you or affordable. That brings me to the second thing, which is you can use an agency, but be really clear on what you want. And be realistic mm-hmm. on the outcomes and also do your sums. If their cost is a thousand dollars to set things up plus ad spend, if you're doing external ads, for example, you're really going to have to have a lot of profit to wipe that out. And you just need to mm-hmm. do your sums and see, is this even on paper a possibility yeah. that it works? Yeah. yeah, no, I totally agree with this advice. And the thing I would just say is that for all of us who've been around for a while on internet marketing, the, the thing that's happening in the industry, I think, is that the bigger the game gets on the internet for e-commerce and online selling, the more niche and specialized the, the gurus have to become. And and so that what that means is, as business owners, you can't have a marketing expert that you follow. You have to have an email marketing expert you follow or a TikTok marketing expert you follow or a whatever it is, a Google AdWords expert you follow. You you have to get granular in your, in your identification and learning from experts or gurus or consultants or that kind of thing, because the game has just gotten so big and so complex in so many ways, you just can't keep up. Nobody can keep up with all the nuance of all of the various traffic platforms and strategies. And because what happens is people singularly obsess over some of these and they get really insanely good at it. And these people who have Let's say, for example, an irrational emphasis on this one thing. They just totally get obsessed with it. In my case, that's been Shopify for the last, you know, almost 10 years that people get good at what they obsess over. And so you want to find the person who's not a jack of all trades per se, but who would be your go-to person for this one traffic strategy you're trying to implement. And I think that's the way to approach this. And I've written, I wrote Pinterest Power 10 years ago. I'm not a Pinterest marketing expert. I just wrote a book because it was interesting to me and I was early adopter. I wrote Instagram power for the same reason. It was just an early adopter and as fascinating to me as a marketing tool, but people come along and really nerd out over these things and build whole businesses and build their trade craft and their service packages around just delivering ex- expertise and outcomes on those one particular elements of traffic. And uh, those are the people you need to find and work with. So it's getting complicated, I guess, all that to say. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I would say there's a little nuance, which hopefully today's conversations help with, which is the first question is to always come back to a very simple question that people just skip over all the time for some reason. And I do it as well. It's easily done. What am I trying to achieve here? Actually, is it revenue? If so, what and why? Is it really profit? Even though you just told me you want revenue, but when you dig into that conversation, two steps down, it's profit. Okay, then have that conversation first with somebody in a mastermind, with a coach, with your business Mm -hmm. partner, with your wife or husband who may have some common sense that you parked at the door when you started marketing? I don't know. Whoever it is. And then the other thing is then to make that strategy level decision of which form of marketing are you going to use in what way. So hopefully today's conversations help that. And yeah, then to your point, you're 100% you're ready to go and find a person who's nerded out about a particular thing for years. For example, email marketing. I've had several email marketing experts on the podcast and people make terrible assumptions just because it's written in English and they can also write English that they know how to do email marketing. I really, the more I speak to experts in this area, you write, the more I think you need to get an expert involved. You're just going to learn from them and then do it yourself. So you're absolutely bang on there. Um, 
If people want to learn more about Shopify from you guys, do much broader things than that these days. Omnirocket.com is your place. Just tell us briefly what sort of things people can get from you if they. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we focus on helping Shopify sellers with their strategies, conversion rate. We have services that we offer to people, including consulting, but also done for you site building and, and other services. We have a package of services we only extend to our coaching client. So we use coaching as our initial relationship building. And then to the extent we can add more value running people's Shopify sites, running their email marketing, Klaviyo, that kind of thing. We're happy to do that as well. And then we also have a set of tools for Amazon sellers. And uh, that's been the business we bolted on a year and a half ago. And we're eagerly engaged in new uh, e-commerce sellers in that regard with our sourcing app, which is the number one sourcing app for retail arbitrage folks, which is called OmniRocket Sourcing. And uh, so we kind of work in those two worlds and Kyle leads the way on the Amazon side and I lead the way on the Shopify side. So it's fun stuff. Great stuff. Well, man, it's been great to talk about good stuff from you today, thought provoking and hopefully useful to Amazon sellers and indeed everyone else who's thinking about this stuff as well. Thanks a lot for listening folks. And Jason, thanks for your time as ever, man. Always a pleasure. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products, and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.